I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 199 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we look at regrouping your entire podcasting experience. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we ran a poll with our live audience to decide, and they said we were going to talk about podcast equipment statistics. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we discussed podcast media hosts switching from a listener. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to an all new episode of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew and I am pleased to say the wonderful SP is here again this week. Hey, how is everybody doing? We are really excited for today's show. We've been talking about it actually for a few weeks, the main topic, and we have a few other tidbits of fun to have. So let's just get right into it. But first, I'm going to say that, uh, Stephen, I saved this podcast by having AutoZone on hold while I took a shower right before the podcast. <laughs> it's absolutely true. And for that story, you can go ahead and reach out to Stargate Pioneer on Twitter, twitter.com slash Stargate Pioneer, or come on by our live chat when we record this live on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at geeks.live because you never know what SP is going to share or be willing to share. Sometimes he doesn't want to share, but I force him to. And sometimes I share when Steven doesn't want me to share. In the meantime, that's not the full How I Saved My Podcast story. We have a How I Could Have Saved My Podcast story for you this week. I went into Reddit for the first time really in two weeks. I went to the podcasting subreddit that is moderated by show listener Bangs Naughty Bits. He does a great job over there. And I saw a post by GL12 and it was titled podcast coaching question mark. So I'm like, I was intrigued. I went in, I read it and GL12 said, I've been podcasting over a year now with 51 episodes under my belt, but I feel like I've hit that wall as far as being self-taught. Are there any podcasting coaches you'd recommend to help get me to the next level of consistency in my recording processes? On quote, end of post, Stephen, I have to say bravo here. And the reason I have to say bravo is one, GL12 has been podcasting for a year. And after that year, He's wanting, I assume it's a he, wanting to improve to make his podcast better. And that's what we're all about here. Better podcasting. So bravo, really get behind that. And then another thing is that GL12 realized that they needed help. He needed help and he wanted recommendations for a podcast coach. And I will say this is one way, one heck of a way to save 
your podcast. You've got issues with your podcast that you don't know what's going on. You don't have a podcast mentor or buddy. So you're reaching out for that podcast coach, that podcast buddy, that podcast mentor to help you get to that next level. I say bravo. Stephen, what do you say? I said bravo as well for the same reasons that you did. And the other thing that I want to highlight right now as well is that if you're looking for a podcast coach, you want to go to Stargate Pioneer and pay him his $50,000 an hour consulting fee. You want to make sure to do that because that's where you're going to get the best quality advice that you can. $50,000 an hour, it's a steal of a deal for Stargate Pioneer's advice. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, you will pay for podcasting coaching advice. If you're not paying a significant amount for consultation or your first hour or two, then you might not be getting the best podcast coaching advice. So yes, you will be paying for your podcast coaching. I won't say that you'll be paying $50,000, but if you're a corporation and you're looking for some podcast coach, mentor, whatever, you might indeed end up paying that $50,000 consulting fee because it's going to be in a whole package deal. So it really depends on what you're doing. I'm guessing that GL12 is a hobby podcaster like you and I, Stephen. So it's going to be in the hundreds of dollars really to start off. It's not going to be in the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. I personally think that if you are a hobby podcaster, you should really try to meet up with somebody that is a little more experienced and build a relationship with them or a community because you can get a lot of good advice from people without paying by doing that as well. So if you're not doing that already, it can be hard. But try to find a community where you are welcomed. And that is a really good way to get some advice for free as well, because a lot of hobbyists want to help out other hobbyists. That's why we started this show here, so that we could help other hobbyists. Except once Stargate Pioneer started charging me $60,000 an hour for recording this very show, then he became a business podcaster. A whole other story, though. And that's U.S. dollars. That's not Canadian dollars. By the way, we do run this segment at the beginning of our show to share the communal knowledge. And we love it when our listeners chime in with their How I Saved My Podcast story. And if you have a How I Saved My Podcast story, we would love to run it. Make sure to include your name of your show because we'll talk about it on this show. And you can always email that to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Next week is our 200th episode here of Better Podcasting. And as we mentioned recently on the GunnaGeek.com show, we just did our 300th episode and SP has his Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. 300th episode coming up very soon. And we've mentioned before on this show that milestone episodes can be a really good opportunity for you to reflect on that podcast and the status of that podcast. As well, think about some of the accomplishments that you've achieved with that very podcast. But as you start to get into some higher milestones and you've become a little more seasoned podcaster, it can also be an opportunity for you to reflect on more than just that show. In fact, you might want to reflect on your general podcasting endeavors. Now, we've made it no secret here at Better Podcasting. We think that hobbyists need to make sure that they are placing focus on having fun with podcasting. In fact, we've actually made it no secret that we've made it no secret. We mention it all the time. We think it's that important. And one of the reasons why we think it's that important to make sure you're having fun is because there's so many other aspects of our lives that we don't always enjoy. For example, 
Not the biggest fan of paying bills. I know SP gets his thrills on by it, but I personally not the biggest fan of paying bills. I don't enjoy a bunch of house upkeep that costs me lots of money that I'd rather be putting towards my hobby. And there are also some long-term projects that sometimes wear on and on, and they start off a little fun, but get worse, such as rebuilding a car engine that Stargate Pioneers talked about a lot. There are lots of things in our lives that can leave us feeling a little bit miserable, and sometimes that's even our day-to-day jobs. Because of this, we think that you need to make sure that your hobby, your podcasting hobby, is overall fun or else it can be very draining, which is why it's good to take the opportunity with big milestones and things like that to really reflect on your overall podcasting endeavors. This is because podcasting can sometimes be cyclical and sometimes you end up getting yourself in a bit of a rut and you just get used to that. You become a little bit complacent. And so today we want to talk about taking the opportunity to overall looking at your podcast endeavors and really thinking about regrouping them potentially. Let's start off by asking the question, why do you want to consider regrouping your podcast endeavors? Well, first, you spend a ton of time on podcasting and you really should be ensuring that you're using it wisely. Sometimes you can get stuck in a rut and get your blinders on, which can stifle your creativity or even your enjoyment of your podcast hobby. Sure, you might think that you're achieving what you want, but are you actually? Or is it just a habit that you formed? It can also be beneficial to think outside the box too here. Considering your podcast endeavors overall can help shape your direction for a specific podcast or even if you're going to keep podcasting. Wait, did we just say that? Yeah. And we'll get there in a moment. So what are some things that you might want to think about when you're considering your overall podcast endeavors? The first place that we think you should begin is where you began, the beginning of your podcast endeavors. What exactly did you start podcasting with originally and why did you do that? Is the reason that you chose to start podcasting still something that is interesting you or offering you personal satisfaction? Is it still meeting the needs of whatever reason you chose to start podcasting for? And are you still wanting to spend this much time doing podcasting? If the answer is no to any of these, then it might be time to consider moving on to other endeavors than podcasting. We've actually talked a little bit about this before. We've done a couple episodes, such as the one where we talked about how podcasting isn't for everybody. But we really, really want to just summarize right now and say that it's okay to not want to podcast anymore. Again, we've done full episodes on this. And maybe there's something else that you could do to satisfy that same craving that you had of why you originally started podcasting. An example that I'll share is that I got into podcasting originally because I wanted to fill a void of doing video work. I really enjoyed doing fun little video projects, but then there was not really much I could do at the time and podcasting was very similar. So I decided I wanted to do that instead. Well, now things have changed a lot and creating video projects is a lot more accessible because of things like YouTube and other live streams and things like that. And if I didn't want to podcast anymore, I might find personal satisfaction in just focusing on these video endeavors. Because again, podcasting originally was to fill a void for me. 
One of the reasons I got into podcasting was to ensure that there was a space or a community for people to be able to discuss and enjoy current science fiction projects in the theater or on TV, perhaps books. And at the time on the sci-fi channel or Skiffy channel, as it's now called Continuum, there were two shows on Continuum and Defiance that I wanted to ensure that there was a place for communal discussion. And as it happened, I developed a podcast called Voices Defiance. Today, it is the sole remaining podcast on record left available that was innovative. It discussed the innovative portions of the show Defiance and how well acted it was. And it included many interviews with actors and creators behind the scenes of the show, including the showrunner. I mean, we did VFX people. We did sound design people, and the culmination was the showrunner who came on our podcast, which was a great interview, and it really was well-timed as well because it was at a time where they didn't know if the show was going to get a fourth season or not. It ended up not. It ended up being canceled. So the showrunner's comments on where the show would have gone in the future, they are forever codified in that podcast episode. Today, however, there are just a ton of available outlets for discussion relating to science fiction films, books, and TV shows. So my podcasts aren't the only thing out there. And I could just go back to enjoying that same science fiction content or exercising or fishing at the lake or all of the above all at the same time, which I could conceivably do. But anyway, I could do that and not podcast anymore. And it would be acceptable to me because one of the reasons that I got into podcasting was to ensure that there was a space. And back then there wasn't so uh, there wasn't a space. I mean, around the Battlestar Galactica time, there started to be, but there wasn't a space. You didn't hear it on radio shows. You didn't outside of the sci-fi channel. You didn't really see it being discussed out in the open, but now it's commonplace. I mean, comic cons are a huge thing and it's about comics and sci-fi and so it's commonplace. So I feel like one original mission of me wanting to podcast is done and I could leave that behind and feel accomplished. But let's say that you do decide to want to keep podcasting. Some other things that is worth considering as you look at your overall podcasting endeavors is what exactly are you wanting to achieve with your podcasting endeavors? Making a bit of a short list of things that you want to achieve or do with your podcasting can be a good motivator, even if you're just on the fence of continuing to podcast. As you build your list, you should answer questions like, what things are going to motivate you to keep going? How are you going to enjoy these items that keep you going? And when you go through these items, you can set estimated dates. This is important because if you don't, then it's just going to languish forever. You should try to think of how you are going to achieve them. And if you can't leave it blank, at least you have the idea written down that keeps it on your radar until you can find that plan of attack to execute it. An example of this for me would be, I would love to refresh the elements to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast and arrive at a more permanent video streaming or recording option, which right now is just up in the air. I would also like to promote the show more, and I would like to learn graphic design to make the show more visually appealing and to help these promotional opportunities that I'm looking for. Those are all items that I would go on my list to help me enjoy the process of the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. An example that I've got is I want to get a better handle on the gunnageek.com site itself coming up, and 
Part of it's because of the hobbyist limitations that we've got for budget and time. The way that it's currently kind of fallen back to as far as the posts go on there can be very time consuming. And as such, it means in the current form, sometimes there's an unnecessary lag with how long it takes between when a show posts to when it shows up on gunnageek.com. Well, I don't really have a solution right now, but it's on my list of things that I want to go ahead and look into. So that's something that I'd put on my list and then try to find the how later. It's also worth considering what you're not enjoying doing. This can sometimes be a little hard to do because you need to be a little bit more vulnerable with yourself. You want to try to identify what aspects of what you're doing you're not enjoying and try to come up with a bit of ideas and ways that you might be able to combat this and make it a little bit more fun. For example, you might feel that you're spending way too much time editing. Well, maybe there's something that you can do with your process to make you have a little bit cleaner of a raw recording so there is less work for you to do a little bit later. That is an idea of something that you might not be enjoying that you want to try to refine. Another example would be show notes. I know a lot of people don't like creating show notes. It can be taxing, especially if you're doing it on a consistent or weekly basis. Perhaps asking a co-host to take that on or hire a virtual assistant or podcast producer, podcast consultant to help you out would make it worth your time and effort and to make it more fun for you to be able to continue your overall podcasting endeavors. We've talked already about how you might want to think about what aspects you're having fun with, but have you considered what sort of elements might be leaving you feel a little bit drained? Perhaps you're doing a weekly podcast and you're finding that it's just being a little bit too much for you. You could consider going bi-weekly, or maybe you're finding that you need to take some time to yourself to help move some other things along that are draining you because you're splitting yourself too thin. Maybe you want to try to schedule a break somewhere for this. This might not necessarily be right now. We always advocate as hobby podcasters trying to take a bit of a break over different holidays to try to recharge your batteries. This is something that a lot of people take issue with, but we personally think as hobbyists, it's worth spending that time with your family and your loved ones and putting your podcast on hold a little bit. Well, Maybe if you usually do this, instead of taking like a one or a two week break, you might want to add an extra week in there in order to help achieve these things. That would be something you might want to consider and go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that extra week this time so I can really try to leave myself feeling less drained. It's also worth considering if you're feeling more deflated than you usually do about podcasting. And if you find yourself in this aspect of mental space, it can come from a variety of different sources. For example, maybe you're not achieving what you set out and that can be deflating. Or maybe it's because of other factors like negative feedback that comes in. For example, on Better Podcasting, we set out to give hobbyists a voice in a niche we felt was largely marketing or business based, and it still is today. With many people getting into podcasting with the in our opinion, a misguided attempt to make money fast. This can sometimes exclude us here on Better Podcasting from certain crowds, groups, organizations, and associations. Sometimes that interaction can be quite negative. And contrary to how we may seem out in the open, 
we're not robots. We do have feelings too. This is something that could be easily deflating if the same things happen to you on your podcast and could be consideration if we were considering our individual future podcast plans. So you got to think of this stuff as you're going on. Maybe the negative interaction is what it's causing you to be more deflated than usual. And if you are feeling deflated, is this something that you think that you're going to be able to get out of? In some situations, you're not going to be able to or maybe not want to be able to get out of it in order to keep your podcast going. And the thing is, you'd have to decide, of course, is this even worth it to you if you're not able to get out of these situations and continue on your podcast? For example, maybe you enjoy producing content for people but you don't really want sort of the inherent feedback that comes from podcasting. Usually there's a way to get an email address because your RSS feed usually has one in there. Well, you could potentially instead start doing some YouTube projects and turn off the comments on there and never go back to, you know, a profile that maybe is exposed a little bit. You could create a secondary profile, the page that they would never, ever be able to link back to you and you turn off the comments and you don't advertise your email. Well, there, it's a one-way street. Nobody's going to be able to get in touch with you and say how much they hate the beeps in your video. Okay, I'm talk talking from experience there. So there are ways that you could still create content, but exclude yourself from the public. One of the hardest things to do with starting a new podcast is that you're starting with little engagement. And if you're already getting little engagement with your show, that's potentially something that you might want to also think a little bit about your endeavors. Maybe the podcast that you're doing is subject to a lot of negativity, and maybe you want to go ahead and try starting a new project that you think might get a little less negativity. Well, if you're not getting a lot of audience traction as it is with your current show, well, who cares about starting a new one? Because if you're just getting haters on the one, and you have a potential to start something new that's going to be a little more fun, and also start with little to no audience, well, you're really kind of out of wash, and at least you might enjoy doing the new thing a little bit more. But while we're talking about that, perhaps there's something supplemental that you want to consider doing to help reinvigorate yourself if you are indeed feeling that way. Today, we're talking about the broader scope of your podcasting endeavors, and it's worth considering that it might not be a specific project that is causing you to feel a certain way. Maybe it's that you need something new or fresh in your scope of hobbies in general. Now, if you're a hobby podcaster, the odds are you like content creation. Perhaps there's something else you want to try to add to your list of hobbies along the same lines. Maybe you want to start to do some live streaming. Maybe, as Stephen alluded to before, you want to do YouTube videos. Maybe you want to get into creating websites and website content creation. Maybe you want to go ahead and blog online. A lot of people go to podcasting instead of blogging, but maybe you want to do the reverse. Or maybe you want to take a hard left and do full writing of novels. You want to become an author. Or maybe it's not even content creation related that you want to pivot to. Maybe if you truly enjoy creating podcasts, but you're feeling a little bored, you may just need a little additional hobby. Of course, you're going to need to consider how to squeeze that in. And we're talking about time frame here. Are you scaling back a project to enable you to go and create a new hobby? Are you ending a project? Are you changing the timeline of a project? You have to take time into consideration, right, Stephen? Absolutely. For example, I have a bit of a project myself that I've 
brainstormed and I've thought of. And it's not actually a podcast per se. And it's something that I might eventually want to do with one of my children. Well, if this does happen, I'm going to have to look at everything that I'm doing and see how do I fit that in? Because it's something that would take a lot of time. Now, I'm lucky because it's not something that I'm going to be starting tomorrow or even starting probably by the end of the year. But it's an idea in my mind. And at some point, I might approach my kid and see if they want to do it. And if they do, then I'm going to have to start thinking about these things and finding out how would I afford that time. So, well, I probably want to think about that before I broach my kid. Don't want to get his hopes up. But that's a parenting story for another podcast. <laughs> Some examples for me have talked about them before. I would like to get an actual sailboat and maybe go around the Caribbean. And I know the Bahamas and the islands over there got really hit by a hurricane recently. But I would still like to do that around the Caribbean and just live that lifestyle for a while. I would like to fish a little bit more, whether that's in the Caribbean or in the lake of Wisconsin. And I would also like to get back to a lot more healthy cooking, I mean, stuff that's tastes good and is healthy for you. And all that just takes some time to get back into. So I would be ready to go into those as well. It's just an example. You have stuff in your lives, listeners and viewers that you would like to do. I'm just giving you examples from my life. Another thing that we want to mention if you've been podcasting for a while is to dedicate the time to assess your overall direction that you want to go with your podcasting because this can actually be a good motivator and be a good way to ensure that your valuable time is not being wasted on something that you're not enjoying. If you take the time to look at your overall direction of what you're doing with your podcasting and decide what some of those success factors are that you want to achieve with your podcast and sort of what you have succeeded with, this can help keep you going and set you on a path that you're trying to achieve. In life, it's great to have little checklists so that you can really see what you're doing. And podcasting is really no different. Because podcasting is always evolving, it's important that you look at the space and consider what exactly you want to do with your podcasting endeavors and that direction you want to go. You don't want to get complacent, like I said at the beginning of this whole segment. And if you look at some of the people who have been podcasting for a long time, you'll be able to find examples of some people who have fallen into that and they just do the same thing over and over and they get left behind. There's all sorts of examples of this in the podcasting space. And you don't really want to become one of those because if you just get in that rut, are you really having fun or are you just doing it because you're stuck in a rut? As we close this off, there's one more thing that I want to mention. And this is the fact that I think that if you're going to be doing this assessment, you should also think about the people that you're connected with and the people that are involved with your podcasting endeavors, like your podcasting buddies. Because sometimes in order to really be true with yourself, and think about what you want to do with your podcasting endeavors, it's good to open up a conversation and just verbalize that to people. And I speak from experience. I recently actually have been doing this with Stargate Pioneer and my wonderful co-host on the GunnyGeek.com show, or I should say our wonderful co-host, Chris Farrell. And I've been talking a little bit about some of the things that I've been doing with, and it's been very, very helpful for me just to talk to them, get ideas from them, and really just reflect not just to myself. So I want to encourage you, if you have been doing this for a while or you're feeling that something just 
maybe isn't right with your podcasting endeavors, open up that conversation with somebody because it really is very helpful to verbalize that. You can write it down all you want. You can think about it all you want. But until you actually converse with somebody, it's a different thing. And I encourage you to do that if you're feeling that way at all. Have you ever taken the time to assess your overall podcasting endeavors? Or have you done this and maybe even made some changes? Let us know through any of the ways. We would absolutely love to hear from you and some of the experiences that you have in this area. How did it help? How did it make things harder? Let us know by emailing podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can tweet us at betterpod or come on over to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. We, this past week, ran into an interesting article that popped up in Reddit, and it was by the podcast host, and it was the podcast equipment stats in 2019. I actually haven't done a lot of research into how this poll was done, but I have remembered seeing it in the previous years. They had 330 responses, and I don't know if it's targeted to a certain demographic. So these responses could be swayed one way or another. But it's interesting when you look down all these stats. So the first one that they were looking at was the best podcast microphones, and they were talking about top microphone brands. And they listed six different ones in the top six, I guess, at 5% Zoom is there. And, and I have to scratch my head a little bit on that because, OK, there's Zoom recorders, but it's I guess they have microphones in there. But OK, 7% is Samsung, not Samsung, Samsung, like the Samsung Q2U. 11% was Audio-Technica. They do more than just the AT2005 and the ATR2100. There's a lot of condenser microphones that they do as well. Sure is listed at 12%. Blue, I have to cringe at that, is listed at 17%. Blue Encore 100. It's all about the Blue Encore 100. It's 100% about the Blue Encore 100. Well, I've heard that Blue is coming out with a possible large diameter dynamic broadcast microphone. So we'll see in the coming months it, on okay, that. Okay, okay. It's about the Blue Yeti. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, or Snowball too. And road is top at 19%. And just some of the others that they listed include newer Tascam, AKG, Newman, Electro Voice, which is my favorite microphone. I'm kind of sad that it didn't make the list. Heil, Sennheiser, also another favorite brand of mine. Behringer, or Behringer, depends on how you pronounce it. MXL and others. So, yeah, okay, I can see that one microphone brand that I didn't see on here was the SE Electronics, which I think they make some really good quality stuff. So get that into your lexicon, XESE Electronics. That should be one of the brands that you recognize with microphones. Okay, now we're going to get specific. Top microphone models. Once again, this is in the podcast host 2019 survey was three with 330 respondents at uh, the bottom. Uh, this is the top five microphones. The bottom of the top five, number five is at 6% Samsung Q2U. Yay, Samsung Q2U hype. At 8% is the ATR2100, which doesn't surprise me because that's been around for quite some time and it has been very much uh, recommended to the entire podcasting community. Even us, we've recommended it. So yeah, 
and 9% the Shure SM58, which again, I cringe a little bit because I think the SE Electronics V7 is better than the SM58. And then the next two, oh my gosh, at 9%, the Blue Snowball. Are you kidding me? Ugh. And at 17%, the Blue Yeti. And that just goes to show you all the hype that they got early on, and it's ingrained in all those early on articles about podcasting people go and get them and it's easy right it's usb so you just plug it into your laptop and bingo you can podcast you know the next one that you've got here about the types of microphone it's making me happy it's moving sp it's moving it's starting to okay microphone types and there's three different types and i kind of i don't know how to feel about the third type but anyway 35% use a dynamic microphone. Yay. Congratulations on you 35% out there. 29% use a condenser microphone. I don't know how to feel about this because I don't know how many of those people have a adequately treated environment. And if they do, I would say they're foolhardy with their money. But if they do, then a condenser microphone, it would work in that. So, okay. And 33%. And I have to question this. Use a USB microphone. Okay, what kind of USB microphone is it? Is it a dynamic microphone? Is it a condenser microphone? Is it a ribbon microphone? I mean, I don't know. What kind of microphone is it? I'm guessing it's mostly condenser microphones, but you never know. People might use their ATR2100 and consider that a USB microphone. So I don't know what that split is of using a USB microphone. We should we just take half and half? I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Stephen? That's the part that I thought was flawed on this. Uh, I guess they must be sort of talking about not using USB at all, but I don't know. Um, it, it says, okay, there's actually a note on here and it says, before you write in, we know these aren't mutually exclusive. Plenty are using a USB condenser mic, for example. It just made sense to combine these stats on type. I don't agree with that. Anyway, made sense. Ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't report that. Okay. Mike stands, which was the next question in their survey. Do you have a stand for your microphone? 13% said no. And I can see this if they're hand holding their microphone, if they're going out in the street and doing interviews or something like I, I could see that. Okay. 24% said, yes, it came with the microphone. And Stephen is using his great uh, stage looking dynamic microphone right now. 12% uh, said, yes, a floor stand. And this, this warms my heart, Stephen, because this is shock mounted for the most part. It is movable. It is something that uh, gets out of the way of your hands for the most part. A boom arm. 42%. Yes, a boom arm. Ding, ding, ding. 6%. Yes, a desk stand. I started out with the desk stand. Steven, I think you started out with the desk stand too, right? No, I started with a uh, floor stand, like a boom, a floor boom. That, okay, 12% was a floor stand and then 3% was other. So, okay. I, I, I don't know what this really points to other than a boom arm is usually what's used in a studio, but okay. Pop filters. This is something we talk about all the time, right? Pop filters to try to mitigate those plosives. Oh, we're not talking about pop like soda. Ooh, I'm using the wrong type of filter. Uh, you're, we're talking about the type of pop that Robin Sparkles used to be. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, for those who don't get that reference, Robin Sparkles was a stage name for Robin in How I Met Your Mother as she was a Canadian rock star in the 80s. 
or was it 90s? I, I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> the, the question in this survey was, do you use a pop filter or a windscreen? 20% said no. Oof. Not even a windscreen? Ah, okay. 36% said a pop filter, which is good. I mean, if you equate that to 42% using a boom arm, 36% using a pop filter, that's probably pretty good stats to correlate right there. 26% use a foam windscreen. Steven, when you and I are not using a microphone that has a pop filter, we usually put a windscreen on it. 15% said both. Okay. Um, I don't know how I feel, but I know Emily uses both, but I, I don't know for the... For the average person, I don't think both is a good answer. 1% said don't know. Okay, maybe you shouldn't be podcasting. I'm not sure. Okay, 2% said other. And, and I don't want to discourage somebody that doesn't know what a pop filter and a windscreen is, but windscreen, not windscreen. But if you don't know, you should probably learn what they are, by the way, because it's really going to help you podcasting. All right, so... I think the most important thing you hear is only 20% said no, 1% said don't know, and 2% said other. So that's combined 23% that don't use a pop filter or a windscreen. So I, I think the community is doing good education there. Monitoring. This is something that we talked about. Matter of fact, this was the like the first podcasting article I ever wrote, right? The studio monitoring headphones, which you can still find at gunnageek.com. Do you record with headphones on? And it's simple yes or no. 74% said yes. 26% said no. What it doesn't say is what the portion of the 74% wear headphones just to block out their co-host talking. Or what 74% of that or what of the 74% use it because it looks cool. Uh, that's why I started using headphones because I think it makes me look more like a DJ. Sometimes I like to just put them on one ear and go wicka 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 wah like that sort of thing. And this is when I have earphones on so that I don't have to listen to Stephen. <laughs> just mute him. Uh, this was interesting. The next question in their survey: post production. Once again, this is the podcast host 2019 podcast equipment survey. 330 respondents. Post production. What do you use to listen back when editing? 74% said headphones, 15% said normal computer speakers, 9% said studio monitors, and 2% said other. Okay, that's, that's okay. If your headphones are decent in that they're representative of the frequency response that most speakers will get, and that's what a studio monitoring headphone will do for you, then that 74% are pretty good. If you have headphones on that you listen to music with, it might not be the best thing there, but it's hard to tell. They don't discriminate in this. It's just headphones, headphones, computer speakers, and studio monitors. I think, I think that's a good percentage. Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that that's great. And uh, honestly, I think whatever people use to edit, as long as you feel that you're getting a good representation, that's, that's the key that matters. And try to listen in a couple different places. The next question that was on here was interesting because it was very, very close. Uh, the question was, do you use a mixer or audio interface? And no, said 40 or said 48% of the time with yes being 47% and not sure being 5%. So a very, very close race there. And I'm not surprised. As well with the recording methods, there was asked the question, what do you record into? And 67% said software on my computer. 
25% said a digital recorder, 4% said other, 3% not sure, and 1% said a tablet. I think my main recording capability into my dual cassette tape deck that I have in my studio, I think that would fall under the 4% other, right? I want to take a second to talk about this. 67% software on my computer, by far, by large, out of the 330 respondents, 67, so it's two thirds record via software on their computer. I, I think this is representative of the industry as a whole. And it's one of the things that we just want to make sure that you as a hobby podcaster and as a listener to better podcasting, that you take some sort of backup. Now, whether that's to a second computer or whether that's a hardware recorder or whether that's like an online recorder versus a software recorder to your computer, I think you need to have that backup going. Otherwise, if you're just recording via software on your computer, odds are at some point in time, it'll probably be some important interview that you have that it will stop working. And that's when you'll need your backup. So just make sure you have a backup when you're recording directly to your computer. There is also a question for the video folks like ourselves who do video along with their podcast. And the question was, do you video record your podcast? 83% no and 17% yes. Now, as people who do video live stream shows, we're highly, highly, highly not offended by this at all because we've made it no secret that we prioritize the audio for this show. We do the video for other aspects. We do it because it's fun, like I talked about earlier. And honestly, uh, I'm glad to see this because I think that people need to remember that a podcast is different than a video show. And yes, you can sometimes merge the two like we do, but you need to be aware of this fact. Otherwise, you end up just having people listen to a audio track from a video file. And sometimes that really helps tune them out because it's all about visual markers and things like that, that they really need to see. Now, the last question is similarly to the penultimate question that Stephen just went through live recording. Do you broadcast live during your recording? 90% said no, 10% yes. And I think both of these questions mimic the answers that we get back in our polls whenever we throw one out. We just did a few weeks ago. We did a poll and we asked if people did video recording or if they did live recording. And I think the percentage answers would line up here. I can't remember what they were exactly, but yeah, no 90% via live broadcast and 10%. Yes. This might change because there's some new announcements out there. Like for instance, Podbean has a beta out there to go live on their uh, space, uh, kind of like what Spreaker does. And as more people do this, I wonder if the audience is going to expect it more and more. I don't know. I know 10, 12 years ago, it was a big thing to get live podcast recordings because people wanted to understand what was going behind the scenes. They want to interact with the hosts a little bit more, but nowadays with social media, the way it is, I don't know if there's a real need for this and people really like getting their time delayed content. And that is, um, I think, I don't know if this will change or not. I think it will always be more no than yes, but I, I think that it will change in the future. Agreed. 
Well, if you got any feedback on this or you have a suggestion for a future Better Podcasting download, get in touch with us through any of the ways. And if you want to send us an email or a video clip, go ahead and do that. You can email that to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. In this week's Better Pod Back, we'll go ahead and read out an email from a loyal listener in a little bit. But first, let's start by rounding up some feedback that we had from our Discord server. One that was really interesting for us to read. It was from the Penske file, and the Penske file said, question about moving hosting providers. I'm on on Podbean and considering moving elsewhere. The MP3s are on Podbean, but the podcast episodes are on a personal site that uses PowerPress. I'm a bit confused slash overthinking how the 301 redirect works. Does importing a feed into a new service move all the files and the PowerPress links would update as well? Or do you have to go into each episode and relink to the new service? The Podbean feed is essentially junk. The real RSS feed comes from the personal site. Podbean is just media storage at the end of the day. So if you didn't gather what that is, is basically Podbean is being used as file hosting with an RSS feed being created by PowerPress on a personal site. Well, Waffles was quick to come in and say, you need to update the file address in each post. To which the Penske file said, okay, not moving providers then. And Waffles came back with some good feedback and said, don't let that deter you though. If the new provider will serve you better, then move now before it gets to be a bigger pain. But it sounds like from your setup that Podbean itself isn't an important part of your setup. And the Penske file said, thanks, the show is over 400 episodes at this point, so it might be too much of a pain to do. And then I ended up coming in and pointing out that PowerPress actually has an import feature in it. So if you actually are using PowerPress and you go to the tool section, there isn't a a search and replace method. Sorry, I said import, but there's a search and replace method where you can go in and if you have done this and you've taken action and you've moved to another provider, you can search for a certain URL string and replace that. So if I had my file at libsyn.com slash blah, 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 and I wanted to switch to Podbean and it was also at podbean.com slash blah, blah, blah. As long as that end was the same, I could go and I could search for that first part of the URL with Libsyn and switch it to the part of Podbean. This is why in my sort of list of things that I look for with media providers, I really, really want them to use a standard URL structure and not change my file name. Because then if you're in the situation, you can do it. This is a real life example on exactly why that's a part of my recommendations when you're looking at podcast media providers. I think it's important because this does happen from time to time that you need to do a search and replace if you're managing your own RSS feed. It's happened a few times for me too. There was another comment on Discord from Anthony and he's from Capes on the Couch. He said, any thoughts or comments on the fact that Podcoin is shutting down? (laughs) Seriously, I put a little silence in there, but really what the thoughts are is that if you're going to hitch your star to something that has an unproven business model, you might want to think twice about going all in on that. Now, 
for what I understood, PodCoin actually paid listeners to go ahead and listen. They're probably getting a lot of listener data from it, but I just don't think people want to go, even if they're paid, want to go to another place to consume their stuff. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why Spotify is rising so fast in the stats is that's where people are already listening to audio in the form of music. So when it comes to podcasts, they can just switch over to that within the same app that they're using and bingo that they have access to podcasts. I think when you insert another app that people have to go to, it's a little bit more detrimental. It's the same reason why Google Podcasts is now rising a little bit is because it's inherent in the Google search on Android devices. So as long as it's inherent to where the listeners are to begin with, they're going to go there. And also the listeners weren't getting a heck of a lot of money listening on PodCoin. So if it's not going to be a dedicated financial incentive, like if you're not getting 50 bucks per a week of listening or something like that, it's not going to be worth it to people. So yeah, I just didn't really see the business model of PodCoin being there. And you as a hobby podcaster, if you're trying to cash in on something like that, I just would make sure that the business model was there before you go all in. Like if you were going exclusive to PodCoin, I would really wonder in this particular case. But if you're going exclusive to the new thing, I would wonder as well. I mean, Luminary is out there right now. And if you wanted to go exclusive to Luminary, you'd have to have a big enough audience in order to maintain any money coming in to pay for things. And they do have free podcasts in Luminary. Better podcasting is in Luminary because we haven't asked for it to be removed. And I think that that is a little bit better, but you're still running into that paid wall content. So yeah, those are my thoughts on PodCoin shutting down. You just have to look at the business model of these players and directories and distribution hubs before you go all in on them. Agreed. And lastly, let's do something that it's been a while since we've done, and it's an email from loyal listener Johnny Pennington, to which I will recycle a joke I've used before. Let me use my best Stargate pioneer impression. Johnny Pennington writes, Hey guys, in Better Podcasting episode number 198, you did not present your usual How I Save My Podcast segment. You explained that you hadn't had any new examples sent in by audience members on how they saved their podcast. Additionally, you said that you preferred their examples over your own examples. I have given a lot of thought to that and have come up with two possible scenarios. The first is that perhaps Better Podcasting is a victim of its own success, that over the course of almost 200 episodes, you have solved so many of your audience podcasting problems that they now rarely ever have a problem with our podcast. Congratulations, guys, as your show is not only entertaining, but really is the lifeblood of your audience's podcasting success. The second scenario, on the other hand, is less flattering. In this case, after nearly 200 better podcasting episodes, your audience may not have learned anything that would allow them to salvage an error-ridden podcast. Thus, no podcast episode saved, no story to tell about how they saved it. Now, this is only one possibility, but unfortunately, if it were to be correct, you guys would really need to up your game. But these are only two scenarios that I thought of for you to ponder. I do know that you will both rack your brains to come up with other scenarios and answers to this great, better podcasting mystery. 
Because of this, I now commit to watch or listen to your next 200 episodes over the next four years just to know if you guys are the real deal or if I, for the past four years, have just been fooled by a bi-national American-Canadian giant hoodwink. Just yanking your chain, guys. It really is great achievement making 200 episodes. Congratulations for all those great episodes and for your hard work in making it such a terrific show. Thanks again, Johnny Pennington. All right, Johnny. So here's the bottom line with this is there's actually a third option here. And and it's the fact that it's all your fault, Johnny. It's all 100% your fault. And and just before you get mad at your iPod classic, let me just tell you right now why it's your fault. Because you think back, think back to when you were a young Johnny Pennington and you were getting to know those little teenage feelings and things like that. There was probably somebody at your school that you were thinking about as you started to drift away to sleep. You were thinking about that individual and you then proceeded to have a dream about said individual. Well, Johnny, all of this is a dream right now because you went to sleep thinking of SP and I. So all of this right now, all of these episodes, they're all a dream because you saw us live stream our episode one. And we're about to do episode two next week. All of this has all been a dream, Johnny Pennington. All of it. Which would actually be to Johnny Pennington's benefit because now he can start his podcast four years ago. <laughs> Johnny, thank you very much for sending that. And if you have a How I Save My Podcast story, please get in touch with us through any of the ways Johnny's right. We do want to be able to present this in whatever version of episode Johnny Pennington dreams up. Please send it to us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. So there you go. That's going to go ahead and do it for another episode. Again, we do record this live on Wednesdays, usually at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at geeks.live. And we might do a little more interaction in the future with our live audience that does come by. If you want to go ahead and participate with us then, Otherwise, continue listening to us after the fact or watching us after the fact. We're just happy that you check out the show. And please get in touch with us through any of the ways, whether you do look at us live or you listen to us live or listen to us after the fact. We just like to hear from you. So for episode number 199 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying that's 199 episodes, sorry, 198 episodes that Johnny Pennington streamed up. And I'm SP saying thank you very much for subscribing and listening. We are looking forward to next week's special 200. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.